Hello and uh, welcome to another IPO podcast. Uh, my name is Gary Townley. Um, I work for the business outreach team at the Intellectual Property Office and my role is spreading awareness of IP around the country. So quickly to recap who we are, if you haven't listened to a, 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 an earlier podcast, the Intellectual Property Office is the government body responsible for protecting intellectual property throughout the UK. Uh, intellectual property breaks down to various formats, but the main four we deal with is really patents for inventions, uh, trademarks for brands, designs for the appearance of a product, and uh, copyright, which covers the artistic uh, or creative works, uh, sort of films, photographs, that type of thing. So uh, that's what we cover. Um, today, um, we are going to be talking primarily uh, about patents, and that's the sort of the, the thing we open our doors to back in 1852 in central London as the Patent Office protecting uh, uh, inventions. Um, but obviously, as time's gone on, more and more things are added to, to what we do. Now, um, let's probably state initially that uh, of the areas that we do cover, patents are probably the most complex. Uh, a thing we get often asked when I'm out and about at events is, do I need a prototype or do I need a working model? Um, and you don't. Um, people assume you do, but actually to file a patent, you need to describe uh, your invention in writing. And that's got to be in enough detail for someone to actually make use or understand uh, how that invention works. Now, because of the complexity, we do recommend using a patent attorney. They are the professional services who you would employ to draft uh, your application for you. However, having said that, many inventors do actually file their applications on their own. Um, and because they're unfamiliar with the patent system, we do in the office have a special unit who deal directly with unrepresented applicants, or as we call them in the office, private applicants. So I'm delighted uh, to be joined this morning by Gareth Jones from our private applicants unit. Um, and he's going to give us some top tips uh, for patent applicants if you are actually filing your application on your own. So, uh, hello Gareth, um, welcome to the podcast. I know it's your first one, so I'll be gentle with you. Thank you, Gary. Um, if you'd like to introduce yourself and uh, tell me sort of the sort of things you, you deal with in the office. Okay, well, I'm Gareth Jones. I've worked here in the office for nine on uh, 15 years now. I'm one of a team of uh, there's nine of us in the private applicant unit, and I'm one of the examiners there who searches the applications primarily to see whether they're novel and inventive. Um, I've worked in the office, sorry, uh, prior to working in the office, I, I've worked in industry, I was also self-employed, so I can appreciate the pressures that uh, the private applicants are under whilst they're trying to organise their own businesses, mm -hmm. and I can see it from both sides. Um, to explain the process, um, you know, you need to tell us how your invention works, and that's quite tricky sometimes. You need to file what we call a description, which explains how it works. You can supply a number of drawings with it. You have to provide what's called a set of claims, and they are quite tricky things to write, but you will be afforded an opportunity to amend those claims at a late, late latter date if you really need to. You also need to supply us with a, a little summary and crucially you need to supply us with some fees, mm -hmm. what we call an application fee, Radio. which yep. is 20 pounds if you okay. file it online and you need to pay what we call a search fee which is 130 pounds. Okay. That, but that doesn't have to be paid at the outset, does it? The it, doesn't ha it doesn't have to be, no, but it's um, 
if you're contemplating filing an international application, mm -hmm. it's a very good idea to, to do everything right at the beginning of the whole process. Because as soon as you make your patent application, you start the, the clock ticking, yeah. as it were. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, now, we said um, you can file yourself. Are there any restrictions on who can actually file an application? Can it be a company? Can it be an individual? No, it, it, it can be anybody. Um, I mean, within the private applicant unit, we are not just dealing with sole individuals, i.e., I don't want to be pejorative, men in sheds. Yep, okay. Um, we are also dealing um, with uh, universities. Mm -hmm. We're dealing with some small and medium-sized enterprises. Yep. In other words, it's the office judges a private applicant to be anybody or any organisation that is not a SEPA registered patent attorney, yep. in other words, the Chartered Institute of Patent Attorneys. Rightio. So uh, when people fill in their form, uh, mostly done online these days? vast majority of patent applications are filed online, I'd say about 80% and it's an ever-increasing number yep. of applications are filed online. We still get some um, paper, yeah. on paper or indeed faxed into us. Yeah. I, I always found it quite uh, strange that you can file in English and in Welsh and we've never yet received a Welsh application. So here's your chance. If anyone's out there listening, Indeed. if I want in Welsh, Indeed. I'll, I'll probably upset us in some way. Won't and we do have quite a few Welsh speakers in the office. Of course, yeah, that's, yeah. that's why you can do it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, filing your application, you've uh, written your description, you've filed your claims, filed your drawings. Um, what, what's, what, what sort of do most people get wrong with this? Is, is, it, is it the forms, is it the, 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 the look of the uh, description? Well, I, I, I think really, well, I've jotted down <laughs> top five points. Okay. I, I'd say, uh, first of all, a general lack of research about the whole process. Um, have a good look at our website. It does contain a heck of a lot of information. There's a, a, especially a high look at what to do before you apply. There's a clue in that title. Yeah. Read that one. That's one of the crucial ones to read. Patent applications are complex. It's a lengthy procedure. A lot of people underestimate it. Yeah. They mix up different kinds of IP and quite often they file for the wrong type. Mm -hmm. they, send in an, they send in an incomplete application thinking that they can add more to it at a later date and they can't. If they try to, we'll strike that information out. And crucially, one of the things that they do is they don't read the letters that we send to them and they wait right until the last minute before they actually contact the office and then and then they've pushed themselves into a corner and they can't get out of that and the, the real killer is putting information into the public domain about their idea before they actually make the application they'll stick it on a company website they'll post it on Facebook they'll start selling the product on eBay or Amazon mm -hmm. and if you do any of those that's classed as prior disclosure and the chances are it'll kill your application. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, my myself have first-hand knowledge of that. We do an exhibition in London called uh, New Designers, yep. Part One and Part Two. Um, most universities from the country appear there, showcasing their new ideas. We do a short half an hour talk, and then after that talk, people come across to us and say, "Can I now patent what I've been showing to the public for the last two days?" Yeah. And unfortunately, um, the answer is no because it's yep. no longer new. So we, af af we after we finish this podcast, I'm about to ring up an applicant of a large company and explain to him that the information that he put in the public domain two weeks before he filed his patent application mm. 
has shot himself in the foot. Yeah. So first thing, really, if you are filing, make sure you keep a secret yeah. before you fill in that form exactly. and send us that information. Exactly. So uh, we received that documentation. Um, sometimes request for search, maybe not a request for search. What do the private applicants uh, unit do as soon as they receive the application? Well. We don't actually do anything with it to start with. Okay. It goes to formalities, what we call right. formalities. Um, crucially, uh, what the applicant gets as soon as they make the application is they get a filing receipt from us. Mm -hmm. um, it's a, 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 an innocuous little document, but it's crucial. You need to, it's a, if, it'll be an email if you've made an online filing application. Please open up the email and open up the attachment and read it. It tells you what paperwork we've received from you and um, if you think there's an error or a problem you need to get in touch with us and tell us mm -hmm. there's a phone there's a phone number on there give us a ring tell us if you think there's a problem that's very very important okay. if you so if you don't understand it please ring the office now we do what we call the assuming that you've paid some fees and if you don't pay any fees we don't do anything with your application. Mm -hmm. If you've paid the application fee, we then do what's called the preliminary examination report. And we'll look to see whether you've filed all the necessary documents, paid the necessary fees, and crucially, is your application um, suitable for what we call publication. Mm -hmm. And if there are any problems, you'll get a report back from us and you'll be given a period of time in which to respond to all of this. Okay, okay. so that, that's really when you get patent applied for, patent pending? Sort of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, you are patent pending. Patent yeah. pending when you file yeah. that. Um, now, if they haven't filed sufficient documentation or it's in the correct format or what have you, there's a strict time limit, isn't there, that's to correct. actually file things? Yeah. So, That's right, so you have 12 months in which to get everything in order. Right, okay. Um, so, formal examination complete, or Yep. then goes to the examiner, it then comes providing to, it, obviously you requested the search. That's correct, if yep. you paid the search fee it comes to us and we'll do what we call the search. Um, this is generally done five to six months after you've paid your Form 9. The search takes anything between half a day and a day and a half, mm -hmm. depending upon the complexity of it. Um, the search report, um, that still goes out in a paper format. We don't send out the electronic uh, search reports. Okay. Um, and after you get the search report from us, um, you can see, um, you'll get a good indication as to whether we think your claims are novel or in, novel and inventive. And also, if there's any serious issues we may issue what we call an examination report to a company, uh, uh, an examination opinion, I should say, okay. to accompany that search report. That'll highlight any sort of glaring issues, Errors. as it were. Yeah. All right. Okay. okay. It's important to remember that we're search we're evaluating the novelty and inventiveness of the claims, yeah. not of the whole idea. Yeah. And if we think your claims are problematic you'll be given opportunities to rewrite your claims. Okay, but drafting those claims initially, that, that's, again, that's the complexity sure. of filing a patent. That, yeah. again, is why we'd recommend using a patent attorney sure. when we're at that stage exactly. or before you file. Yeah. But if you do file it yourself, obviously we assess it, we do the search board, send you the results. 
yep. uh, on the strength of those results, um, decisions to be made. Yes, you need to decide if you think it's encouraging and if you think you've provided sufficient information, then f file the, what we call the Form 10, which is the request for substantive examination. You have six months to do that um, after the search. Um, we will publish your application 18 months after the date in which it was filed. You can't um, have the uh, publication deferred and you can't stop publication. It's a legal requirement, okay? okay. Um, you can withdraw though, can you? You, you, can, you, you can withdraw, withdraw the application. application, but remember that withdrawing the application, you are abandoning your patent application yeah. and that is an irreversible act. Yeah. There's so no you, going back. So you'd have to refile. You'd if, have to if, make a completely if. new patent application. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, um, that, let's assume that your application is substantively examined. Um, okay, so it's filed, uh, searched, we publish it at 18 yep. months. Within six months then of the publication date, you need to request the examination. Yep. Pay it, a further fee, of course, yep. um, which I think is £80 uh, it, online. It, online. Yeah, yep. £80 online. It then goes back to the examiner who looks at it in more detail. It goes into a queue because oh, there's, right, okay. there's a backlog for, for substantive examination okay. and that take, can be anything but three years to get it examined. Right, okay. okay. So people aren't going to assume that you're going to get their patent within oh, gosh, no. sort of 12 months or no, so. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. About four and a half to five years to get a patent if, it, if it gets granted, yeah. Okay. So um, we would then examine it. We would highlight any issues. We would send a report back to you we would give you a period of time in which to respond and that's generally amending the wording of the claims. You're given several opportunities to get it right and then either it meets the requirements of the Patents Act, in which case it gets granted, mm -hmm. or it doesn't, in which case it gets refused. It's very important to realise that of private applicant cases, only about three or possibly four percent of cases ever get granted. Yeah. So 97, 96, 97 are refused. Yeah, it's a re relatively low proportion when you very, think about very it. Very, very low proportion. Um, so hopefully it's accepted. <coughs> You've got your patent then, your piece of paper saying I've mm -hmm. got a granted patent. Yeah. Um, lasts for 20 years. Yeah, assuming you pay renewal fees on an annual basis, it can last for 20 years. And that's 20 years from the application date. Yes, right, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a UK patent. Can I then file internationally, or should I have considered that? You should have back considered that way earlier, right, right okay. at the beginning of right at the beginning of the whole process. Um, first of first of all, um, it's it's expensive. Um, it's complex. Yeah. So if you're contemplating an international application before you make your application, go and see an attorney. Yeah. Don't get you'll get bogged down otherwise. Okay, so two main routes, European patent, PCT patent. Yep, okay. and, you can, and you, can file, or you can file at this office, we have a department, and they can assist right. you. Okay, but you really need to do that within 12 months of you your application. I, I would, yes, that, I would you suggest then, you do it within the first six months. And you can then, then claim priority That's from, right. your, from your earlier yep. UK date. You, yeah. um, probably be worth waiting to have the search results because yes. obviously you don't want to file blindly to make sure exactly. that it's a, a positive um, exactly. search results before you do that. You can then choose PCT or European. Um, as you say, very expensive. Um, go to your attorney. M my my um, advice would be to any uh, applicant file it on their own. 
certainly if you're looking abroad, get in touch with the patent attorney as early as possible because they are expensive uh, at I've, least. Yeah, I've seen very few that were successful. Yeah. Okay, so that's the process. Um, that's Gareth from the uh, from the private giving it explaining how it works. Um, apart now from sort of wishing everyone a merry Christmas, I hope this goes out before Christmas. It might not do, but anyway, had a, wish you had a good Christmas anyway. Happy New Year um, and a Happy New Year, of course. Um, top tips. Mine, obviously, as I've just said, would be to use an attorney for for any sort of private applicant. Top tips you would. Well, um, mine at mine would around? be slightly different tack. Okay. Focus on your business plan. Of you course, know, you yeah, really absolutely. need to. Decide who's going to make it, how much it's going to cost, what your profit margins mm -hmm. are, and be absolutely certain that <laughs> that you actually have a market for yeah. it. I've seen so many applications where and talked to many people where they haven't thought about their business plan in any way, shape, or form. They're going to put themselves to a huge amount of work and possibly get nothing out of it. Yeah. Obviously, commercialization is a commercialization big thing. Commercialization is key. Um, patents are expensive. If yep. you're not going to make money from them, I would say don't do them in the first place. Mm. Is, is again, again, a bit of advice from me. Um, I think finally you've got there. And, 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 and finally, I just reiterate the earlier point: don't put your ideas in the public domain before, before you make you your file. application. Absolutely. Okay. Now we've been talking about patents, so I'm going to ask. Them. I often get this when I'm out and about. Usually, people think patents are about strange things, invisibility cloaks, and time traveling devices. Your favourite invention? <laughs> well, I, I, I did once have a long conversation with a gentleman who told me that he'd been kidnapped by aliens and whilst walking his dog on Haywood's Heath and he was shown the workings of a spacecraft engine. Oh, okay. And I think there is a pattern from British Telecom for a spacecraft. If you, if you, if you search on the Spasnet on British Telecom... Oh, there are lots. Not just British Telecom. Yeah, okay. yeah, uh, my my, my favourite is the Thermos Flask because it keeps hot things hot and cold things cold. But how does it know? Well, that's my one question. of the mysteries of life, Gary. One of the mysteries of life. Um, just if you listen to this now, uh, blogs, please sign up to our blogs. Uh, you can get that from our website, www.gov.uk. forward slash IPO. Uh, sign up for our updates. Uh, again, from the front page of our website, you can sign up to updates. Look at our social media pages. Loads of useful information on our website. Our call centre, 0300 200 2000, if you want to get in touch with us. Information at ipo.gov.uk if you want to drop us an email. That's been us for about 20 minutes. Listen in to the next one. This one's been on patents, and the next one hopefully will be possibly on trademarks. Uh, but thank you for listening. Download the next one, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Gareth. Thank you, Gareth. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye.